Hello and welcome into the fourth episode of The Front Page here on the IUS TV Podcast Network. Doug Watley alongside Sam Dykema. And Sam, we finally made it. We are one day away from the Big Ten Tournament, five days away from Selection Sunday, and just over a week from the first two rounds of the NCAA Tournament, a.k.a. the best four days of the year. We finally made it. Sam, how you doing? I'm great. Um, I am always good when the tournament is near. Uh, it is truly probably my favorite time of the year, um, especially the first weekend. As you said, the best four days of the year. Could not disagree with that statement. Um, exciting that IU looks to be on a path to make it back to the field of 68 this year. Um but an incredible landscape across college basketball. Definitely excited for this tournament and excited for the conference tournaments all across the country. Yeah, and for so when you were a freshman, you were you saw a tournament, correct? You were a freshman in twenty sixteen. I saw um the team that, you know, want to share the Big Ten title with Yogi with Ferrell. Yogi as a senior. As a senior, yeah. And um of course that year, um, in the tournament, uh man, who did we face? We played. We made it to the Sweet Sixteen. I want to say, right? Yeah. Then we, and then we lost to UNC, and we got blown out by them. I forget the first two rounds. I believe one of those first two rounds. Was it Wichita uh, State? Almost. I want to say. Yeah. Let me think here. I got it. I'm pulling it up. All right. Well, you pull it up. I'm gonna recap this season for IU, and so far it's been an up and down season, like the past three or four seasons have been, and. Now they've made it. They're a nine and eleven in conference play. They are nineteen and twelve overall, eleventh in the Big Ten, tied for tenth. Overall reactions from the season, you can go so many different directions <laughs> with that question. Absolutely. I think there's one side of the Indiana fan base that looks at it like uh kind of what we're talking about, like First time back in the tournament in a, in in some years. First time under Coach Miller back in the tournament, and at the same time, there is um, a lot to be frustrated with with this Hoosier squad. I think um, because of just a, a a theme of consistent inconsistencies. I would say, yeah, um, which is one of the more frustrating things to watch as, as a fan base. I think, and one of the harder things to go up and have such high ups as as Michigan State and, and Florida State and then have just complete no shows on the road and, and some tough some tough breakdowns at the end of games late in the season. Um so overall as Hoosier fan as a Hoosier fan, I think you gotta be happy that, that the field of sixty eight looks likely. At the same time, um not all the issues are solved. Correct. And you see those even in victories for IU. You still see faults from the team. And, you know, at this point of the season, you wish more of those were solved. But at the same time, you see a lot more improvement from not just last season to this season, but also from November to now March. So you can look at it and be disappointed. And, you know, Indiana is barely hanging on to the edge. They're, they should be comfortably in. They're not whatever. Or... You can look at it and saying, you know what? We haven't made it the past three years. A lot of teams in the Big Ten, they're, they're very, very good. It's the best conference. Indiana would not be 11th in any other conference. They would not be below 6th in any other conference. So 
you could look at it different ways. For me, when I look at this season, overall, ups and downs is the easiest way to put it. Maryland, Wisconsin, those are two games specifically that I I thought you have in the bag. They're both at Assembly Hall. Maryland was a different situation because that was the day of the Kobe death, and so the air was just sucked out of the building in that one. Whatever. Wisconsin, though. Sunday, you are leading the whole game. You're up seven with under seven minutes remaining, and you you just blow it. You you go on an offensive dry spell. You can't hit a shot. From I think it was nine full minutes from when Ray Thompson hit a layup with with about ten minutes left in the second half, all the way to 54 seconds when Al Durham hit a three. No field goals in between that, and those are the things that you look at and you're like, all right, well. I see positives, and I think we can do well, but then all of a sudden, Indiana goes on that spell. Absolutely. I think the scoring droughts have been the number one issue. There's there's obviously, there's always things to fix across the board um, as a basketball team or as a sports team, period. But the consistent, long droughts in, in even games that the Hoosiers have pulled out in the end it seems to be the defining uh, characteristic of the season, I would say, is just an inability to keep an offensive rhythm. Um, and I don't know where it starts, but it seems to to rear its head almost every game. And um, it could start on the bench. It, it could start on the floor. The bottom line is it, it's probably a shared responsibility, yeah. and it's something if the Hoosiers – want to make a run in the Big Ten tournament or a run in the actual tournament. It's, I think this team has talent um, when they play their best. But no, no matter how talented you are, if you can't score the ball for six to eight minutes a game, it's going to be really, really hard to win the basketball game. Yeah, and you said it can go from the guards. You see them at times being very, very passive, fumbling the ball a little bit. And then it can also be the bigs. And for me... Against Wisconsin, when they won the Big Ten regular season on Indiana's floor, it was the Bigs' fault. And you can look at the guards, but I, when you really dive deep into it and you look at the stats, Trace Jackson Davis from the floor, two for eight. As a big man, you usually have as a center or forward at least 50% from the floor. You're, you're shooting shots that are five feet away. Like he doesn't even take jump shots from the elbow. So when you're that close to the rim, you got to convert. Um, Ray Thompson, usually very productive on the boards. He really was. He had 11 rebounds, four offensive, but one for five. He couldn't convert those. So they don't really matter because you can't get points on the board because of it. Um, and then you see Devontae Green, obviously, with his whole situation with his injury. Mm-hmm. 16 points in the first half, zero in the second. It is what it is with that. It seems yeah. it seems like um, seems like the fitting way for uh, Devonte Green's career in Assembly Hall to to end, kind of for a senior um, day. I think we talked about it last week. I felt like it was a, a prime suspect for a Devonte game, and through the first half, it, it was. Um, and then uh, you know, injury, whatever it may have been, obviously a rougher second half. I think. In that first half, Devontae was pacing the team offensively, and we the the Hoosiers had a leader on the floor, um, which has been something that I think has has also contributed to 
these long scoring droughts. You mentioned Trace Jackson Davis needing to be better down low. It is something the Hoosiers have come to depend on is is a good performance out of him in the front court. If you don't if they don't get that, there's no one there's no one leading on the defensive end. There's no one leading on the offensive end once Devontae Green goes cold. And you see games just slip away from this Hoosiers team. Where that can be solved, if it can be solved this year, is a is a big is a big question mark, I think, as they head up to Indianapolis tomorrow. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about Indianapolis. Before we go, I do want to talk, or not even talk about, just mention 2016, they five-seed Hoosiers yes. beat Chattanooga. Bring it back. Yeah, that, then, that, my freshman year, I remember I had to, I was actually not at school for the game, but um, I was watching uh, the Hoosiers uh, play Kentucky. I was actually in the hospital at the time. Oh, yeah. And uh, my nurses kept coming in because my blood pressure kept spiking <laughs> to the roof. Um, because I was, I remember that Kentucky game now. That was, that was uh, a nuts game. That was an incredible game. And it um, kind of, you know, to tie it back all together to this whole leadership thing. Yeah. One of the biggest keys I remember from that game was the leadership of Yogi Ferrell. I don't think the Hoosiers have had that alpha, I'm going to take charge late in the game, pace us, keep us organized in the last few seasons. Um, and I think, you know, as we talk more about Indianapolis, I think that's where you see some of the teams in the Big Ten that have been great. Um, they have that leader. Um, yeah. Whether it's in the backcourt or the frontcourt, they have that leader. Um, and I think the Hoosiers are still searching for it, and, and Archie's still searching for the extension of him on the court. I think I think Al Durham is a capable guy for that. I don't know if he has a talent. Obviously not the talent that Yogi had, but not even a talent that the number one leader on a Big Ten team has to have just to by lead for or yeah, lead fire example. And, and, and he doesn't really have that necessarily. Absolutely. And credit to Durham. I thought he was um great down the stretch for, for yeah the very very good um, underrated he's been, he's been really solid he took a big shot against wisconsin late and hit it give it i mean extended that game for a little bit um so it is it is someone i would look to um along with trace jackson davis in the big 10 tournament potentially the ncaa tournament um to to try to step up because they seem to be making the most effort throughout february and march yeah Let's move on. Resume time. 19 and 12 overall, 9 and 11 in the Big Ten, 10th overall, 11th seed in the tournament. At home, this is a little bit worrying. I, I don't know if I like this for a, as a Hoosier fan, but 15 and 4 at home, good. You win most of your games. I would like that number to go a little bit up. Maryland, Wisconsin, that can bump it to 17. 15, I'll take it. Away from Assembly Hall, 2 and 8. That's the problem. And when you go to Indy, it's not going to be as emphasized as it will be if they make the tournament and depending where they go for that. But it shows that you're vulnerable away from home. They were 2-0 on a neutral court. They got two good wins at Madison Square Garden and in Indy against Notre Dame. But playing in enemy territory, and, and this is it makes sense for this team because, like we said, they don't have that alpha dog. They don't have that number one guy saying, you know what? We're in a tough environment. Obviously, someone's got to take control, and that didn't happen this year. Absolutely. I was watching um, the Iowa-Illinois season finale the other night, Sunday night, and Iowa is a team of experienced guys, and they got down almost 
15 or I can't remember exactly, 12, 15, something like that. Yeah. On the road in the second half on Illinois senior day. And they had Garza. They had Wieskamp. They had people that were willing to go and fight for that game. And they got it back close and it ends up a two-point game. And that's something I just, I could never see this Hoosiers team doing this year. Um, And that's not to be overly negative about it. It's just there are teams in this in the Big Ten that have very clear leaders yeah. and and maybe multiple. And it's hard for the Hoosiers consistently to get one on a given night. Right. And then you look. So we talk about the away record, two and eight, not great. I don't know if that necessarily kills them. I think that's a negative, obviously a negative mark on their record. I don't think that. A two and eight record in the Big Ten will end your chances, and obviously, if they're still being projected to be a 10, 11, 9 seed right now, the bracketologists don't think so either. Absolutely. Uh, quad one wins—that's pretty much every Big Ten game, with a few exceptions. Four and ten; those, a lot of those, come on the road. Absolutely, I think quad that's, one wins are hard to get. Quad ones wins are really tough. It's particularly tough when you when you've got. 14 quad one games yeah and you're gonna lose some of them half of them are at least on the road um so it's it's an understandable record the the real number is that you add that four in the quad one with the wins the hoosiers have against quad two nine quad one and two wins is one of the better marks in the country for teams hovering around 20 wins and 10 to no against quad three and four so no bad losses that's a not, that's not bad when you look at the grand scheme of things. It's not great. It's not going to be five seed, six seed, seven seed numbers, but it's enough to get you into the tournament. Looking solely at that, absolutely, and that that's that the the thing that's where you see in most rankings them very very solidly in the field. Yeah, the one that they don't is that the Hoosiers seem to play only close games when they win. And when they lose, there have been some uh, uglier, uglier contests at Wisconsin, which has really hurt hurt the, that net rating, of course. Which is sixty now, and there there are in other rankings when you look at the metrics like Ken Palm BPI, they're around 40, 45, and that is comfortably. And if you think about it, that's sixty eight teams. Obviously, of those teams that make it in with the conference tournament, but. The cutoff is usually around 50 to 52. So 40 to 42 to 45 is what the Hoosiers are at right now. That's enough. The 60 net is an outlier. It's not just the Hoosiers that have that, but it's really mainly Indiana's that that's the biggest difference between other metrics and the net. The biggest one that sees it is the Hoosiers. And I think one of the the biggest things is they're in most they're in most brackets across the country. They are pretty firmly slotted in a ten seed. It's interesting how this first round game in the Big Ten tournament now shapes up mm-hmm. with the opponent that the Hoosiers pulled because it has potential to circumstantially speaking, if if they were to drop it, probably be come the Hoosiers' first bad loss. Um, yeah. I mean, it would they're, definitely be a bad loss, no they're doubt. Not, they're not—I don't know if they're technically fallen all the way to quad three yet, but they've lost a, a lot of games in a row. 16 of them. 16 of them in a row. Straight. And 
it, it just it, it seems like we don't need to add any or the Hoosiers don't need to add anything to their resume. But they definitely can't add a loss to the Cornhuskers, no. if that makes sense. Yeah, if they lose to the Cornhuskers, I don't know if we'll push them all the way out. I that's a question that's going to be debated a lot. If that's the route, stressful weekend this takes. Yeah, it'd be fans. a long, long selection Sunday. But like you said, Nebraska, not a good team. That's an understatement. They're seven and twenty-four. They're two and eighteen in the Big Ten. They lost. A couple of their key players, key guards, and they pretty much just said, you know what, I like playing for this team, but we're really bad. Like, I don't know if I want to play in the Big Ten. Obviously, there's probably a backstory to it, and I don't want to speak for them, but from however miles away I am, that's what it looks like. They just kind of quit. It's um, it's not a great time for Nebraska ball. Um, they lost, obviously, uh, Deshaun Burke. Um very good guard for them. Had 25 against us, I believe, in Bloomington. Yeah. Um, huge, huge pickup for the Hoosiers to to be going against a depleted backcourt of an already uh, shaky team, to say the least. Um, Burke, I believe, had been suspended a couple times already this, this year. Um, now announced this morning, I believe, that he's leaving the program. Um, still up in the air what is happening with 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 Mac for the the uh, Cornhuskers, it's a team that um, I saw some comments about Hoiberg, and he really seems to be concerned about the culture. And um, I think that's a fair worry if you're suspending two players, one of them who who was a All Big Ten selection. Right. It's not the look you want going into the NCAA tournament, and it's certainly not the look um, the Hoosiers want. If uh, if it go- you don't want to lose to a team like that, yeah, and I think Nebraska for this year, throw the season away, horrible season, tough competition, but still a tough season with those results. Next season they do get some recruits. They get Kobe King from Wisconsin. They still have Fred Hoiberg, who has proven to be a good college coach with Iowa State. It's not completely over for the Cornhuskers, but for this season. As long as Indiana can get past them, which they should, that's it for the Cornhuskers. It is going to be pretty much a home game for Indiana, only 50 minutes away. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see throughout the whole tournament which fans show up because it's been rotating between Chicago, Illinois, or no, yeah, Chicago, Indy. And then sometimes New York, which was like two years ago. And they did a DC one, right? Or DC, that's what it was instead yeah. of New York. Um, it's so having it in different locations, it's an advantage for some teams, like for Purdue and for Indiana. That's a major advantage. Absolutely. Um, something worth noting is uh, if there if there's fans at all. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, that's it, a good point with the coronavirus. I, I hear more and more things every day that the Big Ten is is evaluating that. Um, I think I agree though. The banker's life should be um, under normal circumstances should be an absolute uh Hoosier home court advantage in my in my opinion. Um obviously I think Purdue fans will will travel well too. Um which the the boilermakers are gonna need if they're gonna have any shot of making the field. Um I think that just adds more to 
a lot of things for the Hoosiers. It adds some pressure for sure. Um, being one of the host teams, if you will. Um, it also likely helps them because we know that they don't like playing in arenas where people are cheering against them. Yeah. <laughs> so what it means in the Nebraska game, I think because of the talent difference and stuff is mostly negligible. I think for the Hoosiers to have a run, it's going to be really, uh, really nice for them to potentially have the backing of an almost home crowd. Let's talk about it. if they do get that run. Let's say they pass Nebraska easy, 15-point win, no sweat, move on to Thursday. The 11-seed Hoosiers will face the six-seeded Penn State Nittany Lions, which they've played twice before, beat at home, lost on the road, the tail of the Hoosiers this season. If they get to that game, where is your confidence level on a scale from 1 to 10, 10 being very confident, 1 being the Penn State and the Lions are going to play the Maryland. Where are you ranking? Obviously, you have to see how they play against Nebraska, but just from a neutral standpoint right now. From a neutral standpoint, um, I look at that Penn State game as um, a decent matchup for IU. Um, I think Penn State is kind of a team that has not finished the season great. No. Obviously, that doesn't. Sometimes you see teams finish the regular season poorly, and that Boost them. motivates them to go on a tournament run. Sometimes it just continues, and the wheels fully come off. What happens with this Penn State team? I don't know. I think Coach Cham- Coach Pat Chambers is a really solid coach, particularly on the mental side of the game. So I think Penn State is going to be a, a close, good game. Matchup-wise, if the Hoosiers have the momentum of a Nebraska win from the day before— and they they seem to be playing well. I think this is a good time to be playing Penn State. I I really do. I the last loss of of their stretch here down the end was to Northwestern, who's been really bad this season as yeah. well. It's and they lost by double digits. Um, I think that's a team that out of all the teams that they could play in that round, that's a team that the Hoosiers are, don't need to be. Uh, terribly frightened by it would you would you agree yeah i would say when you look at the teams around penn state in the ranking so it would either be penn state iowa was a i think gamer or two ahead of them they were the five seed ohio state's the seven seed Rutgers, michigan they're lower penn state for where they are right now like i i would i would not want to face iowa right now i don't want to touch luca garza Ohio State, I would, I would honestly rather play Penn State than the Buckeyes. I think Caleb Wesson has too many options besides himself on the Buckeyes than Lamar Stevens has with his team with Penn State. Like we did against Penn State at home, you guard Lamar Stevens one-on-one. You let him get his points. I think he had, what, 27, 29 but it was also on 27, 29 shot attempts. Mm-hmm. And he was very inefficient. And that's the win for the Hoosiers. So I, I you see the formula for success already happen against Penn State. Ohio State, I'm just not as confident with. Rutgers, I would play. Michigan, I would play. But they're, they're too low for that. Penn State's above them. So for where Penn State's ranked, honestly, I think that's a victory for the Hoosiers. It gives you a good setup. It gives you a game against Nebraska to get your confidence and your legs under yourselves 
Then you go play the Nittany Lions, a late game. It's scheduled to start around 9 p.m., and you get ready for that, and you attack that. Because you know what? Even if you lose Penn State, you're probably in. Why leave any doubt? Why leave any doubt on Selection Sunday for you to get surprised and and get erased from the field of 68? Because it probably won't happen, but if you lose that game, it leaves an inch of possibility that does happen. Absolutely. I think... Um, like we've talked about, I think one of the biggest things is, is just the the Hoosiers coming out and showing effort, showing that they've com- they're competing. I think coming out and laying an egg against the Penn State team would look awful. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it would you know take them out, but it would it would really it would hurt. I mean, the committee you can't give the committee anything to really bag on you for. And then if even if you do get in. What confidence do you have in winning any single game in the tournament if you lay an egg against Penn State? Absolutely. So I think that second game, assuming the reeling Cornhuskers don't surprise the the Hoosiers, um, that second game at least competing and not looking like like the Hoosiers looked in State College, which was a little bit lifeless at times, um, and and maybe repeating how we how, how the Hoosiers looked in Bloomington or at the very least playing to that level that there's a shot to win the game means I think means a lot because I think the eye test is going to help decide some of those last bubble spots this year and the more good performances where you can say this team looks like it has truly improved from some of the the earlier stumbles is going to be important for at least the committee to look at. Yeah, and it's going to be a very important game. you got to get past Nebraska. Penn State at least compete and, and play hard and show the team that you lost to once in the season, beat once in the season. You know what? We're below you in the rankings, but if we beat you two out of three times, that's, an, that's a statement, and that's what India needs to do. If they do that, they will face the number three seed Maryland Terrapins. This is probably one of the best three seeds in the Big Ten tournament that we've seen in a while, they shared a part of the Big Ten regular season um, champion. So now they would face Maryland. And this is a team that, like I said earlier, who Hoosiers were 0-2 against, really should have beat them on their home floor. I think that was in early February. Trace Jackson Davis had 13 points that game. Devontae Green had a couple threes. He scored 16. This was actually the game that Jerome Hunter really started to play well. He had 12 points on three of six from deep. This is a formula for success for the Hoosiers if they can repeat this. The thing about Maryland is they have the best six men in the league and Aaron Wiggins coming off the bench. He won six men of the year for the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Jalen Smith and Anthony Cowan Jr., two of the top six, seven players in the Big Ten. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think Jalen Smith could easily in one of the best, you know, big man conferences, obviously Garza ending up with player of the year. Right. I think Jalen Smith is is right there with him, um, from the from the games I've seen. Um and obviously really, really talented big men, particularly ones who who can be inside out, are dangerous. They're dangerous to the Hoosiers because if Trace Jackson Davis is not you know, it's tough to ask for consistency out of a freshman. If he's not there, I don't think the Hoosiers can always depend on another front court presence showing up. 
and it's a tall task for asking a freshman to take on a Jalen Smith or a Luca Garza. So the Maryland matchup, I think they're one of the more talented teams. I also think the Hoosiers can match up with them, but the dominoes need to fall, right? Something that I do think helps is there was there was some gas poured on the fire when Maryland won on, on Indiana's home court. Yeah. Um, and Jalen Smith was the one that slapped his hands on Assembly Hall's court. Exactly. And it really ignited some fans. I don't know how this Hoosiers team is going to respond to that, if it matters at all, if it would come up with Coach Miller in a pregame talk or a, a talk the night before. But there is a sense of pride in Indiana basketball about protecting the home floor. And I think that was the uh, the most disrespectful thing a lot of a lot of Hoosiers fans have seen in a while during a home loss. Um, it could it could serve as a good motivation. Yeah, obviously this a lot of th- a lot of things have to go right in Indy to even get to the matchup. But it's not. I, I wouldn't. I'd rather see Maryland than Illinois or Michigan State. Um, I think we played Illinois really well too. And that was on the road. That's obviously great for the Hoosiers. The way that Maryland game went, it was, as you mentioned earlier, Bayer got kind of sucked out of the arena around yeah, the 10-minute mark because right. of Kobe Bryant's death sweeping over the student section. That's a game that I would love to see again. Does it mean I think the Hoosiers win? No, but knowing how that game was going and knowing how things changed and knowing what happened after the game yeah it could be a fun it could be a fun ride for sure again Maryland maybe one of the best talent most talented teams maybe the most talented team in the Big 10 if not obviously top 3 um it's tough it's tough because i think if IU doesn't get past them i see Maryland potentially winning the whole thing all right well let's talk about that so first before we get into that Indiana, Wednesday night, tomorrow night if you're listening on Tuesday, 8.30 projected time Eastern. It depends. It's 25 minutes, 30 30 minutes after the first game, which is Minnesota and Northwestern. That's tomorrow night, BTN. Then the next round, also on Big Ten Network, will be projected around 9 o'clock. The game before it is 6.30 p.m., another 30 minutes after the final of that. Then, if they get past that, move Friday. That would be around the same 9 o'clock time. Then Saturday, Sunday, five straight days of basketball. Could be a fun weekend for Indiana. Could really be a very, very fun week. Also could be, at the same time, that Jekyll and Hyde other side of Indiana that we don't like to see. It could be. It. It. I mean, it's... Um... Yeah, it's it's a it's not a maker. Does it? You can't call it a make or break weekend because it, that's the whole season. It's, like, it, that would be it's the chances. season. They've they've had the they've had a resume that puts them firmly in the bubble and but in the tournament on the bubble but in the tournament in my right. in my opinion as long as they don't drop one to Nebraska. But the confidence that can be built with a couple wins, the uh, rhythm that can be developed with a couple wins for this team there's talent there it just it has been that inconsistency if you can get a couple games of consistency in the big 10 tournament 
going into the NCAA tournament, it would be um, immensely important for the, this Hoosiers team to to have more of a chance, I think. All right, so let's just talk Big Ten tournament in general now. we got about 15 minutes left. We talked a lot about IU. We'll probably still mention them here and there, but we're going to talk general Big Ten because it is, it is a very, very good conference, the best in the nation, and this tournament should not lack any of that talent as well. Wisconsin number one seed. Does that shock you at all? Yeah, I, I think that was uh, it's probably one of the biggest surprises of the Big Ten this season. Would you agree? I think it's the surprise. And there's a top three, top four that you can choose and really can't go wrong. But I think Wisconsin, with what's going on with that team on the court and off the court, easily the biggest surprise in the Big Ten. With the assistant coach and, and the departure of Kobe King, who was a, was a solid player, rotation player for them, one of the more upside scorers they had. It's incredible the way that they've been able to pick up the defense, the way they've still been able to execute offensively, and, and the way they fought back in the game uh, over the weekend in Assembly Hall to secure that number one spot. I think I don't see them as a, as a highly dangerous team. Same. I really don't. In the Big Ten tournament or the major or, or the big tournament. But testament to them the way they fought through the hardest Big Ten in a long time. I will say... Um, we're going to go over power rankings in a little bit for Big Ten tournament teams to make a run all the way to Sunday. Wisconsin, the main reason they're not going to be as high as a lot of Badgers and Wisconsin natives would like, for the first time ever since the Big Ten started handing out first team, second team, third team awards, the conference tournament or the conference champion in the regular season did not have a first team or second team player. That was announced. That's incredible. That's also a testament to Wisconsin as a program and as a collective group. But when it comes down to tournament time, you need those guys that can take over games. Wisconsin doesn't have that. They're number one, whatever. Number two, a team that does have that takeover character, Michigan State with Cassius Winston. They're peaking at the right time. We know Tom Izzo in March. This team has won two out of the last four Big Ten tournaments. What do you like out of Michigan State? What do you think when you see the Spartans play? Um, Michigan State looked awfully good on their senior senior day. Um, again, it's been not a, not been an easy season for them, particularly for for Cassius Winston losing yeah. his brother um, in the fall. Um, that Michigan State team it's it's the Tom Izzo story to me. It, it looks like he's got them primed and ready for a March run. I don't know if that's going to extend to the tournament. I do think it's going to extend to the Big Ten tournament. I think they're going to try to get some rhythm going here. They have a favorable draw, um, either matching up against a Purdue team that is going to be playing for its entire life, but that they match up very well with. Yeah. And then that Ohio State team, which they just ran out of the Breslin Center the other day. So that, you know, you don't love to see a team on a back-to-back that you just beat by a lot. For Tom Izzo, I don't think he minds it. Yeah. I think he, I think he'd prefer it, especially with his group of guys and a senior leader like he has on the court. It just feels like a Tom Izzo type of year. I'm not saying that the Big Ten's going to win the NCAA tournament this year, but it's been 20 years. It seems like with Indiana's 200th year anniversary this year, now it's 20 years in the Big Ten without a title. Is this the year? I don't know. I don't want to get into that yet. I have no clue, but I don't it, get into that it yet. feels like Michigan State has um, 
has potential. A to week be ago, so. a week ago, I don't know if I would have said the same thing, but yeah. it feels like feels like the is a momentum's building. Um, That's a good way to put it. And does it does it get stopped? It, some years it gets stopped, and it's shocking. You know, the year they lost to Middle Tennessee State or whatever, but. When that train gets rolling, it usually starts in the Big Ten tournament. Um, I'd have my eyes out for it in Indy. All right. Well, we just talked about the top two teams, the top two seeds. We already talked about Maryland. We could go through the rest of the teams, but I want to do it in a little bit more of a systematical way. So let's just do a top five teams that we think each individually have the best chance to win the Big Ten tournament. And this depends on matchups. This depends on teams peaking at the right times. And just our opinion. So I made my list of five. You made your list of five. I'll start Michigan State for the reasons all I just said. They have a senior point guard. They have the best coach in the tournament. They have everything going their way. And they won two out of the last four. They're the most dangerous team in this conference right now. They're number one. Number two, I would put Maryland because I think they're the most talented team in the Big Ten. They have the best bench player. I already mentioned Aaron Wiggins. They have the best one-two punch, I think really next to Illinois in the conference um, with Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman. And then you look at um, uh, Maryland with Cowan and and Jalen Smith, they're right next to them as well. They're number two, Maryland. Number three, just because of the matchups, I like Iowa. And I think this Iowa team with Fran McCaffrey has a potential to make its way through this tournament day by day. First, they would play Minnesota versus Northwestern, probably Minnesota. That's a team they beat. You go past them, you play a team that they don't like in Illinois, and Illinois just beat them. Iowa's going to be pissed off. I really don't see them losing that game. Then if they beat the the Fighting Illini, then they move on to probably play Wisconsin or Rutgers or Michigan. And that's not a top three team, in my opinion, in this tournament. So they do have a relatively easy path moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I'm about the same on my top three. Yeah. I think um, in terms of the Big Ten tournament, yeah, I, I think that that is the the main way to look at it. I think that Illinois-Iowa game, I mean, I'm already very excited for that. I watched the first two matchups in that series. That second game was nuts. It was Those a very, very entertaining game. really don't like each other at this point. There's four technical co- fouls called in that one play. One in the first game, they didn't shake hands, Yeah, if you remember. So yeah, Fran, didn't Fran just take his hand? Fran's just like, we're getting him off the court, which is such a Fran McCaffrey <laughs> move. Um, so... Yeah, sign me up for that that rematch. Um, I think Illinois is a team that's that's could surprise me. Well, I think Coach Underwood's a really good coach. Um, I don't. I see them being a little young, maybe, uh, maybe a year before they they take um, control of the Big Ten. Yeah, but you get past Iowa, it's wide open. I really think. Illinois has, if not, I, I'm trying to think of any big-time closers that are better than Ayo Dasunmu right now. I think his right dribble, I was uh, talking to one of my friends about this, his elbow jumper with under a minute left in the second half in games that are decided by five points, that has to be an 85% make shot. 
he does not miss those at all. And it's it's awesome to see Illinois finally from a guy that's always been an Indiana fan, but has grown up in the state of Illinois to see that team finally probably be the best it's been since D Brown, Darren Williams, the, down, the 2005 Arizona Final Four game. That this program has not seen talent like it has since then. Absolutely. I think Desumu is uh, really dangerous um, as he progresses if he does not leave after this year. Um, his mid-range, man. Whew, yeah. Just he brings throwback. it back to the 80s and it's 90s. It's awesome. I, uh, you know, the young kids need to be watching Desumu's mid-range because it is, it is awesome. Um, it's, like you said, it's a great game to have as a closer. Mm-hmm. Um, he can get to his spot pretty easily. Um, and that's a great shot for him. Um, I think, yeah, I think Illinois, something that it could be really dangerous is the, the, the combination they have with Desumu and Kofi Coburn down low, um, ended up edging Trace Jackson Davis for freshman of the year in the big 10. Right. That combo. I, I don't know if I see it because of that potential matchup with Iowa in the big 10 tournament, but depending on the draw they get in the big dance. Illinois could be a team that that gives some people trouble. I don't know where they're going to be seed-wise, but if they end up playing one of the higher seeds and they match up right, could be a really dangerous team. And I think that's what you can say about a lot of the top five, six teams in the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, honestly, or any of them. all the way down to like the 8-9. Um, another team that's similar to that, lower in the Big Ten rankings, but probably – with the quality of wins in the non-conference that Illinois had, the Michigan Wolverines. And this is going to round out my top five. First, it was Michigan State, Maryland, Iowa. I'll put Illinois number four, and then Michigan number five. They are a lower seed, but I do like their path to get there. They play a Rutgers team that really has not impressed me in the last two, three weeks. They've dropped some games here and there. Um, Away from home, they still don't satisfy me enough so i don't know if they'll be able to compete in indy in a tough environment um so they have to play Rutgers first michigan does and then if they beat them they play wisconsin out of the top four seeds i'd probably rather play the number one seed wisconsin than anyone else if they get past them then it's iowa illinois who knows the rest is what it is but michigan in the tournament also like michigan state They've won two out of the last four Big Ten tournaments, mm-hmm. including la- or two years ago when they were an eight seed, I want to say, and they ran their way into the tournament because of it and then even made a run into made, that NCAA tournament. Made a run all the way to the championship game, yes. right? Yeah. So I think that I think the thing that's different about this Michigan team worth noting is it isn't beeline. Yes. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Howard can, can uh, kind of – spark that same kind of thing that they had going on. Um, I think this team is less experienced, a little bit less balanced than that Michigan team. Still got Xavier Simpson, though. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the best players in the Big Ten. Um, had, a, had a rougher year than he's had the last couple years, but still fantastic point guard. I think he led the conference in assists. Yeah, he still it, he still ended up fine. He probably would have been first team all Big 10 if the conference didn't include Cassius Winston and Cowan and um Desumo was in there. There's just so many talented young or not young but 
And Michigan just had, had such a tough slump in, in right. January that, you know, he ended up getting suspended a game and all that kind of stuff. So it's it wasn't the perfect season, but he still ended up fine, and he still is very dangerous as a leader for that team. Um, I was watching them the other night. I think Franz Wagner might be better than his brother. Mm. More, Mo was awesome. I, I don't Not yet, yeah. but versatility-wise, he gives that Michigan team – a lot of versatility. He's only a freshman too. Um, and I think that's I think with Michigan that's what you're looking at is a team with a ton of upside. And I I will as much as I haven't been impressed either, I'll say for me, my number five team would be whoever wins the Michigan Rutgers game. I think having Wisconsin as the next person, like you said, it's the team I'd want to play. Yeah. Um no disrespect to Wisconsin. They just it, don't have just a be- late game step on your throat guy. Without a yeah, without a star, and it's just they play great defense and you know they, they make free throws. They do everything right. They just they don't beat, have that they number beat IU in Assembly me. Hall, but um, they just don't do anything flashy enough to make me think that they're going to make the tournament run. It doesn't mean they're not going to play teams tough, but I think they lose out in the end. They know they're in. They've won a Big Ten regular season title. Um, Rutgers and Michigan are both going to be playing somewhat for their spots in the field. Michigan probably very safely in. Rutgers not safely in. Right. If they were to win that game, Rutgers is going to come into that game with a lot of a team that's a lot of talent. Really impressed. A month ago was in the tournament no brainer. Um, unfortunately, a bad back stretch has put the Scarlet Knights in a tough position. But they have enough talent to. Between Ron Harper Jr. and um, Geo Baker, Geo Baker, they've got a lot of talent on the wing, and I think that's something that can give Wisconsin trouble, um, and I think it's something that can give Michigan trouble too. So I'd say the winner of that game has got to be my fifth team. I think they, I think you're just set up very well on that part of the bracket um, for the Big Ten tournament. I think. Rutgers will not have the same opportunity to make noise that Michigan will if they find their way in the into the team field, if they find their way into the field of sixty-eight rather. So for me, just to recap, top five teams that make a run in the Big Ten tournament: Michigan State, Maryland, Iowa, Michigan, Illinois. Yours? Um, I've I've got a lot of the same teams. I'll flip them around a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm still going Michigan State one. Um. I think Cassius Winston and Izzo, as we've alluded to, there's momentum building there. Um, I will take um, Iowa over Maryland. I think um, Maryland's really good. I think potentially facing Indiana or Penn State, um, those aren't the best draws, and they um, have to get through Michigan State on that lower end of the bracket which is going to be a heck of a matchup. Michigan State's been a little bit better. But that's your number one team, so it's a tough matchup. Exactly. It's my number one team. So I'll take Iowa as more likely because I think that Illinois game is going to be a battle. I think it's going to be one that they really want to win, obviously. Um, And I think Iowa sees that they can can boost their seeding in this field of 68. And for Iowa, that could help a lot. When you have have a potential player of the year getting – a, you know, moving your lineup from a six to a five or a four is massive um, because you have a player of the year. And frankly, 
if, if you get in those top four seats, your path becomes a lot easier. There's a lot, a lot less people that can match up with a player like that. Um, so I'll, I'll take Iowa second and then Maryland in third. I think they're neck and neck. I just see them matching up against Michigan state in that semis and that's going to be tough for them. And then Illinois, um, I'll slot them fourth as well, just because I think if on the path, if they were to get past Iowa, I don't see them losing that semifinal. And then, you know, for, uh, differences sake, I'll take Rutgers over Michigan. I like that. Um, I think Steve Peichel's done an incredible job. I was ready to hand him coach of the year a month ago. I don't think I would do it now. No. Um, but they've been a, a pleasant surprise for, frankly, I think all Big Ten fans. I'm not saying I'd ever, I'm ever rooting for the rest of Big Ten to be awesome, but it, it, it's frankly good it's to a good see story. Rutgers like it's a good story. Rutgers not on the bottom of a division in a major Big Ten sport. It's it's exciting, um, and that team's really fun to watch with Ron Harper and Geo Baker, as I mentioned. They're deep, got some experience. I like them to potentially with Steve Peichel, master motivator, to make a little bit of a run. And and we'll say play their way into the field of 68 maybe. At least give it a give it a go. All right, final question. Which team, in your opinion, goes the farthest in the NCAA tournament? Minimal uh, explanation, but just one team that I want to say you think gets the farthest in the, in the NCAA tournament. Even though I faded them a little bit in the... Big Ten tournament matchup-wise, I think Maryland. Um, I think the shooters they've got on the outside, Cowan, Smith, that is the best combination of talent um, in the Big Ten positionally um, in terms of how they work with each other. And uh, that that group seems to be clicking, and they seem to play up to the competition level. I'll go Michigan State. Um, you know, Maryland's a good pick. I have no problem against that, but... I something is inching me to pick Tom Izzo in this turnaround and and for Cassius Winston to end his career on a high note. I don't know if he'll get all the way there, but maybe it's just me wanting the best story out of it. I'm picking Michigan State. That's all the time we have here on the front page for Sam Dykema and our producer Andrew Briggs. I'm Doug Watley. The Big Ten Tournament is finally here. Make sure you watch all the games. If you're in Indy, if you're close to Indy, Make sure you go to the games. It's probably going to be cheaper tickets on Wednesday. Thursday, it's going to be more expensive, but worth going. And then, of course, Selection Sunday, and then the best four days of the year next Thursday through the next Sunday. We thank you for listening. 